0: Welcome to the Quala Talks podcast, a show about pharma and GMP. The pharmaceutical industry is a fascinating and complex field, and it takes countless people to bring a product to the market. In this podcast, we bring you some of the industry's brightest minds who will share their wisdom with you. You will learn about various subjects such as GMP, new trends in pharma, and leadership. This episode is sponsored by Dot Compliance, the industry's first ready-to-use quality management solution powered by the Salesforce platform. Deploying a new EQMS has never been quicker or more cost-effective. And now, please welcome your host, Jan Kugel. Welcome to the Quality Talks Podcast. I'm Jan Kugel, your host, and my guest today is Troy Fugate. Troy has been in the pharmaceutical industry over 30 years now. And he's the Vice President of Compliance Insight. And what his organization and Troy are trying to do is to help companies to infuse GXPs into their DNAs. And in this podcast, we'll talk about what it means and why it's so important for pharma organizations and most importantly, how to achieve it. Now let's get to our talk with Troy. Troy, welcome to the Qualitics Podcast. Uh, really excited to talk to you. And uh, I'm sure it will be a lot of fun and we can learn much from your vast experience in the field. And uh, I would like to start with something quite interesting on your LinkedIn page, your, the title that uh, you announced to everybody that you help uh, companies incorporate GXP into their DNA. So what does it mean, basically?
1: Well, it's it's a concept of of really making GXPs habit for you. Uh, Over time, watching how we worked in industry, where GMPs were viewed as uh, a necessary evil, uh, something that people had to do. And so it, it was looking at it, stepping back and saying, let's really infuse this concept into your organization's dna to your dna to make it part of you rather than something that you have to do it Uh, it, it really was let's rethink how we we look at gxps and and make it part of us if if you ask people who's responsible for quality right everyone says well yeah we all are So it's like, okay, well, if that's true, then let's start making it part of who we are.
0: Right. So do you think that people still feel that GXP is a necessary evil? And has it started like this? Or is it still so that many people look at it as not something that really helps us to produce effective safe drugs, but they see it as a hurdle?
1: There are people, and and I'd say any organization, you're going to have different levels of people. Some people who will look at it and say, this is something that is beneficial. It's it's a good business practice following GXPs. Uh, you will have others look at it and say, all right, it's it's a hurdle, it's a roadblock, it's it's uh it's something that's a wall to keep us from advancing. And, and there are people that look at it both ways. Some of them look at it and say, you know, it's, it is good. And others will, other times they'll say, well, I like that part, but not this part. And a lot of times it's how we as quality leaders really implement and speak to, enforce, act upon the GXPs. Uh, we can look at it and say, absolutes. You, you have to have everything black and white, and it has to be drawn out. And, and there are certain lines where, yes, you absolutely have to have those, but there are other times where you have to think of it. What am I trying to do? And look at it and say, how does it make sense? What is the intent of those GXPs? What am I really trying to do? And work with people on it, not, not just blindly saying, no, it's an absolute, here you go, yeah, this makes no sense, but we have to implement it anyway. So a lot of the effort of making sure people think of GMPs the right way is on the leaders who enforce the GMPs.
0: Right. And uh, from your perspective, what is the reason that uh, people see it as the necessary evil Right. And uh, why do they fail to incorporate everything that you just uh, mentioned right now?
1: It's it's tough to really talk about the why behind the GMPs. It's tough to go out there and understand the the nuances, the dynamics of your particular operations, your particular product, your particular process. <clears throat> so... People really have to take effort and and time and devote it to that. A lot of people don't have that capability. So it's so easy to step back and say, this is what I say you have to do. Don't question me about it. Just do it. And so there's no debate. There's no discussion. And and so it becomes really easy for people to fall into that trap and, and not look at it with the intent of what is it out there that we're trying to go to, which I guess is the fundamental failure, is that we don't have a vision of success. We don't have a vision of what does good GMP impl- implementation look like? How, how is that? I can see a point in the future and I see it, I understand what it looks like, if I do that, then getting to that point is easier for me. Otherwise, if I don't have this point, this this vision, then I just go all over. It just becomes then the the process becomes the execution, not the vision, not the endpoint. It becomes just the process of doing things is what we do constantly. So we fail as gmp implementers to have a vision
0: right so it uh, makes a lot of sense so first of all in a uh, pharma in the manufacturing we have a lot of uh, different departments who work independently but the end we have one product that comes out at the end of the line. And I know that there is a lot of problem between departments to work together. They see the QA as the bad cops, and there is a lot of issues surrounding it. And probably, as you said, the reason is the people see their current tasks, they see the current KPIs, they don't see the quality as a whole, they don't see the vision and the mission to get to the one safe product and how they do it and uh, uh, in what way right so basically everybody does his own job but uh, there is no feeling of a mission behind it
1: yes yes absolutely so you know if i'm in operations my mission is to get product out the door if i'm in quality it's to get quality product out the door if i'm in This other department is to get things out. So like you say, KPIs, we we have to look at what is it that we measure that is quality or GMP or GXP oriented. And we all have to have the same mission. If we all focus on different missions, then we're always like this. What you said, exactly, Uh, quality is viewed as the roadblock. Quality looks at manufacturing as trying to get around. You look at the lab as just trying to do things. You look at these people trying to do things, and, and it all becomes this. We're all fighting. Right, struggle. Each other. Yes.
0: So each department is struggling and fighting its own battles, but in order to get to a one unified quality management system, quality philosophy right Uh, there should be a unified mission so why isn't it so so where do companies fail to establish such uh, an organization and such a culture
1: well it it all starts with leadership um either the executive leadership or or just below that that they establish the culture you you correctly stated that what is the culture What is it that I'm trying to do and what's the mission? Um, If the mission is seen as getting it out the door quickly, then that will be what is is done. Um, If it is uh, uh, fractured where people have different missions, different visions of what is success, it all comes up to leadership to say, We are one group. We're one company. We have to have a unified mission, and it has to be something that everybody understands. It it can't be a mission statement that sounds good, that was put together by corporate uh, communications, that they, they write on the wall behind you. You walk in, you see this thing, and it sounds really good, but it's like, well, what does that mean? What is that? And, and really it, it, it comes down to people have to ingrain that. It gets back to my concept of really infusing those GMPs into your DNA. You do that by understanding a culture. What are those core values that you do? And, and sometimes it really gets down to blending those separate silos in the company and saying, we're all one group. You have to empathize with this group. You have to empathize with this group. We all are on the same team. We're all on the same ship. If we don't see that, then it, it doesn't matter if I'm successful getting stuff out the door and quality is, is unsuccessful because at that point then we create the silos the 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 different teams the people who are not working together we we really have to develop a soul of a company which is the culture without that and without it unified then you get just you, you get the strife you get the struggle you, you get the misalignments those are really critical and and a lot of this comes out to to that that upper structure creating that that system and then making sure all of that is brought together in training the the training the coaching that we all are working together and that way we see each other as who we are on the same team i've got to help you if you and i were racing together as a team and you fell down i would come back and pick you up and help you anymore what we look at are, are people if we're racing against each other i would probably trip you so you fall down so i can win and that's that's the problem that we have
0: is it possible to correct it or change it or make it so it is a one unified mission in big organizations so maybe in small startups it's easier and usually when you have a a small biotech or you know the same with the software companies small ones they start small they have one mission they're all energetic but as soon as the company grows and there are more departments the hierarchy uh, shifts and it's much uh, much more difficult. And then you have the CEOs who are, and the different executives who are completely disconnected, right, from the manufacturing. They see the numbers, they don't know what's going on in their facilities, and they push for KPIs, they push for numbers, and at, at the end, what do we get? Warning letters, right? And. this is what happens at the end so how do you change it is it first of all is it possible to have something like this in a bigger organization and where would you start to do it
1: it it is absolutely possible to do that what we fail to understand is it easy to do that and and it's not it it really comes down you're, you're right a small organization is typically people working together and it's something that as long as you establish that upfront, it's easy then to make it all come together. It, as we get bigger, as people take their eye off of culture and what are we, who are we as a company and start looking at KPIs, start looking at numbers, then they, they start focusing on the wrong thing. And, and so, Yes, you have to make numbers. We're in business. Uh, that's, that is utmost the bottom line. You have to make numbers. But it's also understanding that the numbers are an output. Good product is an output. It's not the mission. It, the mission is to make the process in control. The output is a, is a good product. So in order to, to make people good. It's the understanding of the culture and it's putting the process together. The numbers are the output of good people. That's bottom line. You can grind things down and get good numbers for a very short period of time by just killing people and you will be very successful for a very short period of time. But then you hit the wall. So You have to go back, if you're in a big organization, multi-sites, multi-countries around the world, you have to step back and say, ask yourself the question, if you are the leader of this organization, ask yourself, who are we and what are our core values? And are we sure everybody really understands that? How How do we know that? If we can't answer any of those questions, then we need to go back and start working to develop that. And it does take time, takes effort, but like any good investment, it'll, it'll really manifest itself at the end. You will have a culture and an organization that may be good, but if you do that, it goes to great you can go from great to extraordinary, where people don't want to leave your organization. They feel that they're part of a unit. They, they feel at home. So if I feel like I am at home, and I'm part of something that's bigger than just me, and I'm an integral part of it, I'm a key player in that, no matter what I do, if someone came by and said, you know what, Troy, we want to offer you $10,000 more a year to come work for us. I'm going to look at it and say, you know, money is not motivating me. Being here, I'm happy. There, yeah, I can get more money, but you're not the organization that I'm working in. So I'm going to stay here. And people are shocked and amazed at at that concept, that people really want to be part of the, the tribe. They want to be part of the unit. They want to be part of a group in which they are fundamentally ingrained in it. And that culture is ingrained in them. That, that is, you can be wildly successful with that philosophy.
0: Right, 100%. So I think also one thing where we as a GMP organizations, we also deviate from the ISO right so ISO 9001 uh, their goal is the satisfaction of the customers and GMP is the safety of the customers but I think with ISO to push it harder because it's a product that uh, they know okay if they're not satisfied they won't buy it but with drugs sometimes uh, people say okay uh, we we don't know we we just take what uh, the doctor prescribes you just take what we see on the counter so it's a, a bit a, different because there is not enough maybe connection with the end user and, and then we don't see the faces of the people uh, who use it basically and uh, you're right the way is really to shift and go to education to show people who remind the manufacturers remind the operators who is buying the drugs, which are our neighbors, our families, and also ourselves at the end. And it must be safe, and it should be in high quality, people should trust the company. And you also mentioned, okay, everybody needs to learn it. And of course, there are GMP refresher courses, everybody comes, the executives, everybody sits there, They um, they dream a bit, they sign the paper, they go out. GMP states, also uh, also in the huge it also states in the cfars you need to check effectiveness right so and i think here everybody misses here so how do you check the effectiveness of that and how do you create a training education that really uh, makes people think that they makes them involved right so this is something um, else that uh, you do a lot by incorporating this into the dna by specific education uh, that uh, you provide and it's sometimes uh, quite unique also so how do you create such uh, a gmp education training courses that involves everybody from the highest executives to the operators logistics and so on so how do you bring everybody together
1: that's a great question great sort of story that you put in my mind that that um yeah, people have GMP training, and and typically someone somewhere says, ah, I've got to have GMP training this year, so let's let's check that off the list. It's just the checking the box. So we we bring the 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 drones into the room. It's boring and nobody pays attention. Yes, I've been there many times. It's just so bad. So there are three things that have to come together for this to be successful. And number one is the person delivering the message, the trainer, the coach, the mentor, whatever it is you call that person. They have to be able to be dynamic. They have to be able to tell the stories. They have to be able to connect the dots. If you go out there and typically what we do is we say, well, GMP training is, has to be done. So that's quality. They have to do the training. And, and quality, it may be very good at quality, but they may be really bad at training. So it, it, I equate it to, and I often tell the story of the, the person who cooks the hamburger in the restaurant. You got the great hamburger cooker, but they don't run the restaurant. So the person who really knows quality may not be the best in running the training department. So you've got to get the right trainer to be able to deliver the message. And then the second point of that pyramid is the message. What is it you're trying to do? Again, what's the vision of this? What is our mission with this? You've got to put together the message. It has to be right. It has to be pointed, it has to be very specific, it has to be very germane to your organization, to the times that are going on. It can not be the same message year after year, or people just tune out. So you've got to have the right message, a great message to deliver. And then thirdly, you've got to have the presentation, the delivery of this. What do you put it together in? Is it Everyone uses PowerPoint. Um, What is it? How would you present that? Do you have pictures? Do you have information? I've seen so many PowerPoints where it's a slide and it's line after line after line of words. And you just look at it and what they've done is take sections of code or sections of an investigation and they plop it into this thing and you're supposed to read it. That's not training and that's putting a book up on the screen so you can see it you've got to have the right message Remember, the presentation has to be the right way the message has to be delivered in the presentation by the person that can deliver that effectively if you get those three together you're you're really on your way to success if you combine all of that the ability to sell GMPs to the audience, to read them, to see what their reactions are, to understand what they're thinking. And that takes a really good trainer to see that and say they're bored, or they're getting distracted, or the room is too hot, the room is too cold, the room isn't well lit. Um, All these things, you've got to have that ability to sit there and say, am I delivering the message? Is my presentation and format the right way? Tie it together by the person, you, to deliver it effectively. And to the point you're talking about, how do I know I did this correctly? It really gets down to you you can have a test at the end of it saying okay what what are these things uh, that that's 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 i personally i don't know how effective that is i'm not one it's really big into that i really look at effectiveness checks as if i'm delivering a particular message then i understand that there's a particular problem i'm i'm working to resolve and so the effectiveness check is After they leave the room where I'm talking to them about this, I go by a week later, a month later, I can either talk to them and reinforce that message and say, is this something that's effective? Or I can get the data, say, you know, I'm trying to correct documentation errors. Did I effectively resolve that? So you can have an effectiveness check of, did the problem get resolved? by this and monitor that over time because it, it usually is people come out they remember a certain amount as the day goes by they remember a little bit less as a week goes by a little bit less as a month go by a little bit less so you've got to be able to reinforce that so it stays constant and then you can come by and measure that am i doing this correctly or am i seeing this slope so it's a great question and and it's taking that mentality back and saying, how do I deliver that? And what is my program to make sure I'm effective at doing that and verifying that I'm successful? We look at it success, as you said, I have 100 people. I got 99 people in my training session and they all signed the document. Therefore, I'm successful in my GMP training. And that's an error. That's, that is not correct.
0: So I agree with you 100%. So we see all the time that uh, organizations bring the wrong people to train, people who have no passion for it, people who uh, are, don't know how to present the data correctly. We see a lot the death by PowerPoint situations where you have just uh, books on screen, which is uh, awful, which uh, I never use. And, uh, you know, always trying to use visual storytelling and uh, involve people. And I really loved what you said about selling GMP to the people. So this is the point where we are custom, okay, uh, let s- selling products, but at the end, you need to sell ideas right? And GMP, for you to follow it, to think about it, you need to sell it as an idea. And um, the best way to sell it is not through numbers or uh, KPIs from last year, it's uh, by emotions, right? It's uh, involved in uh, making people think and, uh, you know, evoking uh, emotional interest to the subject, right? And you do it by interesting, by storytelling, by showing uh, uh, basically you know, the reason why you're doing it. And that's why one. I always love to start uh, my trainings about general GMP and refresher courses by going back to the history of GMP and showing all the issues that we had, all the strategies um, that led to the birth of GMP because that, you know, it um, jolts you back to reality. Uh, because we don't see it that much, but it still happens. We still have a lot of issues. Uh, people still get hurt by drugs. It's also something to keep in mind. And uh, here we're also talking about involving everybody because people in logistics and the transportation should also understand what it's all about. Not only the people in the lab and manufacturing, right? So th- this is a great point. So do you have maybe uh, some technique or some advice that you can... Uh, Maybe illustrate or show why. What uh, techniques do you love to use to help people remember the material or uh, help them understand it better?
1: We we've come up with a concept. It's called an MRE, and and it's a memory reinforcement example. And they're business cards. You take a business card front and back, and you put concepts on it as as you're trying to maintain that level of understanding and keep it steady is to be able to take that concept and put it onto these MREs and and present that to the the attendees it's something they can put in their their wallets they can put it into their their little access badge holder cards Um, you can put that uh, in your cubicle It's something that people step back and they look at and they say, ah, I remember the point that they were making with this. And again, you can't deliver hundreds of points to people. People will typically remember anywhere from about three to five points. And so you make those points and you talk about it. And if they can remember one, two, three of those points, And they start saying, yeah, I remember that. Takes about seven times for a person to really infuse that concept into their being and becomes habit. So once they get that message over and over again, then it becomes part of them. So the MREs, posters, uh, a newsletter, uh, reinforcement email saying, summarizing what we talked about going over that again and again, bringing it up in uh, shift meetings. Uh, there's typically a, 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 some type of meeting in a small group, in the starting of the day or starting a week. And so you, you incorporate that into that messaging that, Hey everyone, remember the training that we just went through. These are the three points that we, we just want to make sure we reinforce. When we do that again and again and again, for a period of time people will remember that it's a it's a great question it is reinforcing that slope to keep it stable so that people remember the concepts you're working on
0: it's it's a marathon right it's not a sprint just a sitting you know one day um, in a full class and learning it, it's uh, it's not the way to go, right? So you need to reinforce, uh, reinforce it, you need to decide on the uh, main subject of, of the session, right? So not just uh, spill the whole GMP in one day, but uh, concentrate on some uh, topics which are hot and uh, are really important and the gamification, right? Uh, so this is uh, something that usually people and trainers don't use, especially in GMP. Uh, so this is a uh, really uh, uh, good advice here. So uh, Troy, do you have uh, any other uh, final advice uh, to uh, pharma professionals or, or leaders uh, uh, that you would like uh, uh, to mention?
1: Yeah, I, I tell you, the final advice. I, I'm I'm very much like what you just said. Is the the advice is that this is a marathon. There there is no destination. It's a journey and you have to be able to understand the success points along that journey. Uh, what are the things that you have to do? And, and keep saying, how do I improve? How do I become better tomorrow than I am today? And work on that and keep that going every day to say that um, if, if you really do that and you understand this, Vision and you develop that pathway, uh, you'll be successful. You'll, you'll start seeing the, the benefits. And not only you, but the, the patients will see the benefits of that
0: right and that's uh, the most important part that's what we need to keep in mind sometimes we forget right the safety of the patients so troy uh, thank you very much uh, for uh, this uh, fascinating talk and uh, if uh, people would like to reach out and inquire about uh, your uh, services or uh, get some more information what is the best way to reach you
1: i tell you the best way to to reach me or uh, to get into what we do is uh, go to our website. It's um, www.compliance-insight.com. And from there, you'll be able to contact me. Feel free to reach out. Uh, That's what we're here for. We we bill ourselves as a servant organization, uh, servant leaders. And so we're here to help you achieve your goals. So reach out and ask the question.
0: Perfect. Troy, thank you very much again uh, for uh, this fascinating talk and uh, uh, hope to do it uh, sometime again in the future.
1: Great. Thank you. I appreciate and honored to be uh, a, you know, a guest on your show. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us and listening to this episode of the Talks podcast. Please make sure to leave us a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and make sure to visit www.qualistry.com and join our upcoming free webinars that will help you master GMP. Thank you, stay compliant and see you in the next one.